now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, welcome to year-round carnival, just a bit of a line and length edition here, Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals, uh, interesting racing at Caulfield, and uh, Randwick, did we have wet track again? Oh, really? What I couldn't believe... They had less water, I think, overall, but the track was the wettest that ever was. So maybe the attention to detail was a little bit different. It, it, it was surely a record. I, I could not believe when the figures came through. How much have you adjusted the Randwick meeting? Oh, Ralphie, well, okay, let, let's let's have a look at this. In <laughs> It's horrific, right? It, it really is horrific. But this is the starting point. Firstly, on the adjustments is 23 and a half lengths before individual race adjustments, which the lowest was a plus 13 and the highest was plus 20, uh, 32. That was race three. So in layman's term, if we start on the raw figures, race one was 38.8 lengths below standard. Race two was 41. So, you know, like that was similar to some, what we'd seen. But when I seen race three, I go, what happened here? Minus 58 and then it was 55, and then it was 46, and then it was 50. So the reality is, and and how I like to look is I like to look at the last two races, and there we are, minus virtually minus 56 race eight and minus 48. That's the worst the track's been in all the Randwick time over this sort of really wet weather. Phenomenally, oh, Ralphie. Oh. And they did go to the outside, though. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So it's taken a while for, for for the belief to occur, and it came when in race five, American President, where Tommy Berry, and, and what a remarkable race to watch visually. I mean, I don't do the form for Sydney unless you know outside the top up with uh, with working with you. But uh, I'm watching it, and the money, money's come for American President, and at the 600 meter mark, he's scouted super wide, and you think, well, this is ten lengths off, and it's got no chance, and then. Well, two things. They said it come down the fast lane. It didn't come down the fast lane. It just came down the least bog heavy lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you compare it on data, because you can, you know, look at the runners closer to the fence, and this is now in a little bit of confirmation on the difference in terms of the track variable. It was around eight lengths. Is the difference in speed? Track Super speed. wide. Yeah. Well, unbelievable! <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Okay, well, what can you tell us about Andam at best of the day? Um, now, this is a horse that we, we put a nice big stamp on. Okay, he started odds on, and you're very bullish about it in your race speed profiles. But, uh, again, this horse is a dead set duck. Well, this is the thing, Ralphie. There's no question if we're looking at <laughs> we track specialists, we've definitely run into one. 9.9 on the WTI. It's a pretty pretty hot number for a horse that hasn't had a stack of racing but more impressively was the splits overall for the day it was the best of the day across each section pretty much from the 800 meters to the finish line now sometimes that can be expected in terms of when it's a a short course race that you, you can have a tendency but the reality was they didn't go slow relative to a lot of the other races on the day like if you look at early speed, they were pretty much in the top three races of the day as far as early speed goes. So you're entitled to get a much softer overall outcome and therefore this really franked the profile of this horse, how strong it is. I, I, I wonder if this horse can be just as good on dry tracks. We'll have to see. 
Time will tell. Uh, Lee Chevalier. Now, this horse we put a big sizzle on with um, with its first up run at Sandown, and then at Bendigo, it seemingly was plain. But as you rate your race speed profiles, that was an absolute uh, flat flat run 101 situation. Well, again, the big advantage the horse got in this particular race was they were going 23 and a half lengths below benchmark. And again, I have to state that this is the conditions of the ground being extremely wet. The tag rate was around three and a half. That's probably a good position to be in, so you don't have to overextend between the eight and the, eight and the four hundred. Still, the move was pretty good, Ralphie, for all the runners in that race between the eight and the four hundred. And if you didn't get yourself in the winning zone by the time you got to the four hundred, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And this horse did finish off the strongest out of all the runners. I mean, last two hundred meters, nine lengths below benchmark. The mid race squeeze was around fourteen. Point six. So if I compare that to the day, that made the top five. So that confirms that effort was pretty solid, but the pace not super, super hot. So overall, didn't quite get to benchmark. Fair enough too. And just finally with that, with that meeting, you would have liked the ride on Taxu because uh, there's nothing wrong with the fence being off on a leader because you can actually get to the best ground first if, if you're ridden smartly. Well, this turned out to be the best bet of the day in the end, Ralphie, because... Yep. A main horse got omitted out of the race. It paid phenomenally based on the structure, and and you knew this horse was going to go forward. Loves the wet track, and it pretty much cruised all the way through. Ralphie, once it got that two three length advantage, how are you going to make that ground up on a horse that's cruising around twenty lengths below benchmark? You're just not going to do it, Ralphie. Even the mid race squeeze was very very even, about eight lengths. That was outside of the top twenty to give you some insight about how easy it was compared to a lot of horses on the day. And then the finish, last 200, very comparable to a lot of other horses around that nine, nine and a half lengths below benchmark. Solid. All right, well, we like giving you the best information going forward on year-round carnival, but there's not a lot we can, can give you more from that Randwick meeting, but just underline, that's just how bog-heavy that track was. Let's hope uh, for a bit of, bit of uh, better luck and better conditions in Sydney going forward. Caulfield, Vince, how did Caulfield play? It was a good, fun meeting to watch and, uh, and found a couple, uh, both uh, myself and you on the race speed profiles. As far as the uh, the track play, looked like the winner's profile was it's played perfectly with rail out six. Oh, Ralphie. <laughs> Has Victoria? I don't want. I'm not one of those people that says you know we live in the best state or anything like that because we've we've had our own challenges. But weather wise, it's been <laughs> phenomenal. Horse Absolutely. racing wise, it's the same. Yes, brilliant, just superb. Now, the, in terms of the track play, firstly, when you look at where the lanes were, anywhere between sort of lanes nine and seventeen, so a little bit more caution to the winner in race six because it came out from the widest of all day, lane seventeen. Yep. Then I looked at the profile. We had back markers, leaders, and midfielders win, and even on paces. A testament to the the guys doing a great tra- a great job on the track. All right, super performance there. Now, Vince, nothing worse. The only thing worse than getting knocked off by a nose in a quaddie <laughs> is right. knowing that I put it in the race speed profiles. Uh, sorry, not in race speed profiles in um, in Sizzlers. Sizz- uh, that is regards Marie. So. I'll just read what we wrote about regards, Marie. This is Mooney Valley on the Friday night meeting, the 18th of March, when in the boat one, who since won that half-million-dollar race at sale, he's just a machine, that horse. Regards, Marie, 1.1 length above benchmark, ranked second on the night, first up from the on-fire Nick Ryan stable, has returned his best and a great sign for this time in. We inspect at $21, 2.1 at the 800, plus 3.4 mid-race, 
minus 2.8 with a late 1.7 length drop off after 200. This should be a sharp come on run fitness wise and up to his favourite 1400 likely soon after not coming up last time in. Can return to the winners list for first time since February 2021 with ordinary luck. One plane run at Bendigo, me, you, the market, all hated it. It was ridiculous odds. And well, I am talking with hindsight. Yeah, no, well, the, the funny thing is, Ralphie, I actually was lamenting where this horse should have got into yes. the MAs or not because it was borderline, right? It was actually in the in the chart. but I, I, I was looking at your chart, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was up in the rankings because of the performance first up. And when you look at that run, you, you summed it up perfectly. There was tremendous merit in that. And you could see at its subsequent start, that horse turned up flat when stepping up to 1,400 at Bendigo. It lost four lengths in velocity early, had to overextend itself in the, in the mid-race, which is never good when a horse is running flat. And then you could see the sign. Look at the last 400 metres, like a nine-length drop-off. That's a, a clear sign of characteristics that you're flat. This performance was no fluke. My, my view was... I, because I was just so confident that Lombardo just gets the money. Yes. I wasn't as um, detailed about who gets that four spot, but I was looking at it and I said, ah, oh, MPS has got, got it the other way around, so I'll, I'll tick the box that way. That's all it, That's all it was. But I thought it was a place chance at best myself, right? But the performance of what it did first up was a sign. This horse is got ability, and that was no fluke that win. On Saturday, Ralphie, uh, you actually adjusted the the overall IVR time down a little bit, and which yep. is obviously testament to the track playing very fast and, and absolutely perfectly on a, in an April day. So Lombardo, you were keen on the astrologist uh, we had as well for um for the on pace performance. So they've all run pretty well. Those three horses, they have. I, I guess my for me, I was probably expecting bigger things from Lombardo, but once. It's like everything, you go through the overall final performance. It was actually a strong performance in terms of what it did first up. Like, uh, Sorry, not first up. What it did from second up to this particular run. It was uh, My view was I was probably hoping that this horse could have launched into the mid threes and it didn't get there. And when I sort of look at the structure of the race, the way it was run, the reality is it's probably going to come next start. So I don't know. Are they going to Queensland or South Australia with this horse? There's a fair chance they'll go to South Australia. Um, and that, that's sort of the interesting part because I want to get also to uh, to the, the astrologist because just because it's the off-season, we, we get a chance to talk in a bit more detail here. For those who get the sizzlers, they get your IVR report. And the astrologist, late drop off there. But what does it mean, ELVR column, the uh, early and late speed variable that you, you put there? Because that's been highlighted, his performance. Well, basically, when when you go through that process and you want to try and get some insight on what's taken place, there you have that understanding of it's the early speed and the late speed combined together. So you get some insight about the overall ex- exertion. So this horse has had to really extend itself, not only early but late, which is a hard thing to do because most runner profiles, they have difficulty being able to sustain the pressure through both sections. Like they'll either have a very strong uh, early but a poor late or the opposite. So it's not easy for horses to be able to produce sustained speed. Pretty much what it means is from start to finish. So that could be an interesting setup, particularly for up the straight with that horse, which is which he's so proven up. Well, the good thing is, Ralphie, with a horse like this, it's nice to see that it's that it's started to come right back into the right form profile.
So the the, the uh, so-called feature of the day was the million-dollar showdown. Good luck to Connections. Well done. Well played if you won that race in race six. But we've got a nice apples-to-apples comparison of just the two-year-olds compared to the open horses here because obviously one was race six, one was race seven. How much inferior was the King's uh, Consort race uh, data-wise? Well, if you look at it from a raw perspective, which is the the – the appropriate way to look at it first on the first step, the gap's virtually nine lengths. So that's another suburb. Oh, it's, yeah. I mean, for 1,200 metres at this time of the year, in, in all fairness, Ralphie, they should be just smashing through the benchmark line. And they had, they had plenty of speed early. Probably they, the way they set up in the mid-race, I would probably discount that. In other words, I would give them a two or three length additional on that but still that's miles behind they still wouldn't have got to benchmark is what i'm saying gee so so for that type of prize money if you could bring some different form or target that race it, it, it was there for the taking so what on the freemans and uh, for those who got it another race i want to tell you about uh, ask you about vince once the barriers open, how often do you say it, the chaos theory in racing who knows what's going to happen so midwest i don't think runs a strong 1100 i think a thousands it's 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 best zone but if you get left alone after so many things happen, such as a horse missing the start like Jigsaw, Ice Picnic showing no pace whatsoever, and you got Jamie Carr just cruising on a horse, that's going to make it impossible for Scissor Step, who's probably a 1,200 profile horse, to catch it. Yeah, well, this horse is – well, firstly, the profile of this horse, the footprint was very strong, right, yeah. in terms of how many races it's won. But you're right, that was going to be the challenge. I felt where the horse – where Jamie won the race – of course, like what you said with the, the chaos when, when a number of other horses didn't go to contest up front. When she, even though she slowed in the mid-race, it wasn't significant. It was only a subtle slow around a length and a half, a length and a half. Nobody did anything. Yes. And there was no move. So, therefore, it was then going to be the dash home over 400, the last 400 metres. And if you already got a head start of the competition, very hard to run down. Almost the same setup for her in that previous race with Grand Slam bolting in. Um, what type of performance can you give that on the clock, given that uh, it's obviously won easily and ain't no deal done, uh, just didn't really progress uh, given his profile of talent, but had missed a lot of racing? Yeah, well, this was another horse, Ralphie, that you had to be beating your chest on going into the race about its chances of winning. Looked very, very solid. When it went through that first half of the race, six lengths below benchmark, it was really, it was game over. Yeah. How are they going to run this horse down? And that's exactly what happened. Even the mid-race move was pretty even for this sort of horse. Only, was it, 5.3 lengths? Just managed to get into the top 30 for the day. But if you want to compare it compared to, say, some other horses, even in that race, some horses extended themselves like 12 lengths more in the same race. So horses like Reflect the Stars, WT, they just got zero chance under that race shape. Oh, terrible. And they just didn't capitalize and they just were happy to sit in their positions and so we'll just jog along and it's going to be all fine what they probably needed was a, a different sort of a structure in the in the mid-race like it wasn't ever going to happen Ralphie but you would have needed an overextension like going from minus six to sort of plus five then they would have had some sort of a chance but realistically when you have this sort of setup it's over uh, two more to ask you about. Uh, one was Imperial Aladdin Race 8. Uh, so I've asked you about Jamie Carr's front-running perfection. Tell us about Imperial Lad with Damien Lane, who probably doesn't get a strong mile, but when you're ridden like this, it does. <laughs> it was able to get the money just from Sosie Bond. Yeah, it was a beautiful manoeuvre in that first section, Ralphie. 0. 0.6 above IVR benchmark. Again, just getting that little bit, a little bit of a break on Sosie Bond. Three, three lengths is a, is a bit. 
right? Now, I'm not saying it's not enough for Sosibion to overcome, but the reality was, again, we had this change in the mid-race. It was very, very subtle. Sosibion probably didn't make his aggressive move in the mid-race. If And it's the, here's the tale of the tape, Ralphie. You just got to go to the mid-race squeeze. It was, the, it was ranked 44 on the day. There was no way that horse used all its energy in the mid-race, and therefore you're left with a 400-metre finish home. This horse got a good high cruising speed. When you get to the end of the race, it's not going to have a blistering last 400 because you would have zapped out a fair bit of speed out of the horse through the first half of the race because 2.6 lengths below benchmark is a, a good, decent speed for this horse. And the last race, Extreme Warrior. Well, I'm watching it thinking, this is very polite. And Curran was only a couple of lengths from the lead. Now, he's normally, he can sometimes be five, six, eight lengths behind off a, off a fast lead speed. Um, what was everyone doing apart from just adding the race to Extreme Warrior? Yeah, well, what was really weird here, Ralphie, like I, I was obviously very keen to see what this horse could return in terms of IVR figures. And when they've gone through that first section... Reasonably orderly, 1.5 lengths below benchmark, good speed, but nothing of, uh, you know, super intense. And Extreme Warrior travelling 2.3 lengths below benchmarks or three quarters of a length from the lead speed. Pretty cruisy for this horse. The mid-race moved again. There was just no move. Everybody was just happy to sit and wait for a last 400-metre dash. Extreme Warrior has demonstrated in the past it's got a reasonably good finish, but I felt myself overall was a little bit disappointing, this mm. horse. And, and, and came wound up to win that race as a yep. stallion prospect. So, I, I, yeah, I've got to say, I, I, that, that, that to me is a bit of a, a red light. If On a stallion prospect, if they don't explode with a run like that, given that's exactly what he did at Caulfield last spring, is he, is, is, is he already thinking about the breeding bar, the boy? <laughs> well, the only all I can add to to it is that the horse has come back about as good as what it did two preparations ago. So I couldn't mark it on the charts as being a runner that has come back a superior horse. Had a fair bit of trials leading in again, like you said, Ralphie, come to play fit and ready. And at the moment, it's just trending to the two point six. That's not going to win you a lot of races. Now, we're going to do two preview podcasts in South Australia. So Saturday week or Friday week, we'll be recording it, obviously, which with the Sangster and the Goodwood two weeks after that. Uh, have you had a chance to put your clock over Morphville on Saturday? Because there were a couple of stakes races uh, I'll ask you about. Yes, Ralph, you did, absolutely. I know. Well, Bella Vella's a horse that we know. <laughs> we know well. And in fact, we put her, put her in the Sizzlers back, two starts back, so she qualified because an amazing 3.5 lengths above benchmark when beaten four lengths by the two stars, Eduardo and Nature's Trip, and she's come to play first up in a great training performance, first up after 392 days off. Yeah, this this actually was a strong run for a first up, Ralphie. Really, really strong. 1.8 lengths above IVR benchmark, second best performance of the day. They got a little bit of a cuddle through the first section, around, and that probably helped Bella Valor in terms of the way the race was structured. It's one of those things, if you go two or three lengths faster through the first section, it does change the dynamics, but travelling virtually four lengths below benchmark, I consider that to be an excellent speed to conserve energy over this distance range. So then you can have some explosion in the mid, and and it was. They went from minus 3.9 to plus 2, and then 4.5 last 400 for Bella Bella. Now, instant celebrity, got to give almost two-length head start through that first section. Doesn't help you, Ralphie. 
No change in this mid-race speed. They're both travelling two lengths above benchmark. Therefore, all you've got left is can you reel the horse in over the last 400 metres and make up that couple of lengths? It just couldn't quite do it. But I felt that both those horses ran superbly. So given you said it was a mid-race move, what yep. was Trekking asked to do after a missed start? Or slowly, oh, Ralphie, firstly... 7.3 lengths below benchmark. Honestly, if you're coming out to win, I know it was slow out of the gates, but there was no intent after that because yes. they didn't go that fast. Yep. The, the horse could have been asked for a bit more energy. It was going there to run dynamically. So what are you doing out the back saying it's okay to cruise? There it is. Or virtually a 10-length mid-race squeeze, ninth best of the day, so far superior than all the other runners in that particular that finished above it. You, you just can't do that. Give the four lengths head start and, and feel like you're better than the competition. You're actually not. So he won the Goodwood two years ago. What you're saying is that he basically had no chance there and uh, don't be surprised if he rebounds. No, and they've got to you know, ride with more intent. All right. We'll uh, obviously break that apart when we do the preview. And, and Champagne Dreams, she's, she's always been a nice horse, and she's, she also led, led throughout there. Uh, her previous uh, run uh, two months earlier was beating her nose at Mooney Valley in a group three. Yeah, I thought this was another good performance, Ralphie. 0.7 above, fifth best of the day. Showed good speed. I mean, you can see they've gone three lengths faster through the first section when compared to the other race. That sort of gives you the insight, Ralphie, that that's, that's more like on pace, putting in a real effort and therefore making it harder for you to be able to cope. But this horse coped well. Increased its pace between the 8 and the 400 by about half a length and then still had a finish left. What I loved was there was a little bit of a taper right at the last 200 metres of about 0.8, and I marked that down as conditioning. So we know that this horse has still got more to come, and you can expect – I'm not saying the horse is going to improve at least one, but I've marked it down as at least half-length of improvement to come. We uh, can't wait – I can't wait for you to clock Fleming yesterday with Star Patrol. So our members, our loyal members, will get a good breakdown of Star Patrol's performance because I'll uh, I'll write that up, obviously, in Sizzlers. One by seven lengths. I know you haven't had a chance to put the clock over it yesterday, but when they run 110 uh, dead uh, for the last race and he's run 188, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's a serious horse. So I can't wait to see what your IVR says. So like I said, if you're a member of, uh, of the Year Round Carnival podcast, you will get a good breakdown of that because that was just – Phenomenal. We'll be back next Monday for Year Round Carnival. And as we said, we're going to be covering the feature races at South Australia and uh, Brisbane throughout uh, May and June.